Yada yada does it, crackheads. Welcome back to Jotaro's Crack House, episode 24, where the voice of love ain't the only thing taking you higher. I'm your drug dealer for the week, <laughs> Sam Kingwell. Enjoying me as my best friend and co-host, Miles J. Miles, you see the news about about Jotaro's actor from the live action movie yeah, getting, getting arrested fucking for weed? canned for for having weed, getting fucking getting fucking thrown in prison. A fucking while. Well, he was just arrested. He was. I don't think oh, he, he will serve arrested. any prison time. Yeah. But his career is over. Now I bring this up on the show because I'm I'm very anti news on Crack House. I'm very like I talk about this all the time behind the scenes. I'm very anti news. I don't like to do news topics. But I wanted to bring this up. To propose a question. Yes. Can we get him on the podcast now that his career is over? He definitely does not speak English. You're a fucking simp and a bitch. And every time you propose a fucking guest, it's the most long shot fucking over the moon guest you could possibly propose. And I'm done. I'm sick of it, Samuel. <laughs> I'm done with you. I want to ask him about how how he had to shave his head in such an awful manner. I would love to ask him about the film, but I he does not speak English. I'm going to... I promise you that. I oh, I can almost guarantee he doesn't speak any English either. But hey, man, if Kojima and Norman Reedus can be friends, they, but Kojima speaks English. Wait, wait but what, what, he does? Yeah, he he does a handful of times in MGS Five. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought because because outside, I thought it was only like he can only say individual freight like you know words or phrases i did not know he was a he was an english speaker just because usually in he's in interviews and stuff speaking english i'm he's probably not good at it but he's capable of it i yeah the only reason i say that is because usually in interviews he uh is with a, a translators with him but that could also be for like pr shit too but i was just under the impression that he just did not he did not really speak in english at all yeah well i think it's a an uh ikumi nakamura situation where where he can and he will for, like, E3 events or something like that. But he could probably communicate significantly better in Japanese. Yeah, of course. As one, as one would in any of their native tongue. Yeah, and he's such a verbose person. So, uh, I actually want to give a shout-out this week, though. I want to give a shout-out okay. to okay. Uh, to uh, Roso Dude, who called me the fuck out. The <laughs> hardest I've ever been called out in my life. I want to read, read this DM exchange, because it hurt my bones. And 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 in a good way. I I was I was happy to I was happy to be to be wounded. They gave you that. It gave you that bone hurting juice. They gave me some bone hurting juice. But they said hi. I added you before you deleted your old Twitter, which we talked about on this podcast. You're the co-host on this podcast, right? If anything, this tweet tipped me off, and it was the tweet <laughs> that I made for Satania's birthday. Yeah. And I said yes, yes I am. Why do you ask? Just curious. Yeah, just wondering. I follow Qu- uh, Chris uh, Crit Points from our last episode. If you didn't listen, yes, and saw the podcast you did with them. And I noticed the connection and he said, these were probably, there are probably some other people named Miles of the Y. Okay, wait, they have the same waifu. This is definitely not a coincidence. <laughs> so I, I love that. Uh, I love that fucking Terminator meme where he's like, he's like, what are you? Oh, weave. And it's like, mom, I'm going to hang out with my girlfriend. All right. Have fun, sweetie. Your foster parents are dead. Yeah, like, exactly. That shit is it. it what? What? Do you think people, like, do you think the average person, because we don't do, like, on our Twitter, and this is fucking so inside baseball, but on our Twitter, we don't put our initials on any of the tweets. No. Do you think people can totally tell? Yeah, they can tell. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I, so. I think so, too. Yeah, <laughs> I think no, so too. We, we can, 
it is so fucking easy to tell who who tweeted out an episode or a, an opinion or whatever. It is so easy <laughs> to tell. Oh my god, call us out next time we tweet out something. Just just tweet either Sam or Miles in all <laughs> lowercase, all lowercase with a period. Yeah, so we know you were listening to this episode. <laughs> The, that that the most that's that's like tweeting a scowl. That's like writing out a scowl, <laughs> all lowercase with a period. Yeah, I always find that stuff so funny. You think in like ten years, schools and stuff will start teaching like n- not texting etiquette, but like, hey, here's what this means in this kind of conversation. There is a language to it. I actually don't think so because I, I and here's my reasoning because I think that that certain parents until like we start literally making the internet part of like society at a, at a, because it is a part of society, but like you cannot use the internet if you want, you could be an Amish person or like, you know, whatever you might not have a cell phone, like, you know, things like that. Like until the internet is literally like everyone in society must use the internet. You must have a handle. You must text. Uh, it's not something that would be taught in school because it, it's it wouldn't be quote unquote an essential skill necessarily. Yeah. Um. And and you might have parents who are like, I'm not getting my kid a cell phone until they're this age. I'm not doing whatever. And so they don't have the practical application for that curriculum. When did you get a cell phone, Miles? Uh, when I was 14 years old. Um, because I had because I just never I didn't care. I didn't want one. Oh, you didn't. Okay, you didn't. Oh, you didn't care. Okay. No, I had no one to text. I didn't care. <laughs> Follow up question to that. When you got that phone at 14, was that like a flip phone or was that like a smartphone? It was a smartphone. I don't remember the brand, but it wasn't an iPhone. Because I got my first phone, actually a very similar time. I was in eighth grade, but it was a little, uh, it was not a Nokia brick. It was like a LG brick. But let me tell you, that thing had the durability of of fucking adamantium. Let me tell you about how I broke my cell phone, though, because this is a great story. So I was was running. I was late to class. I had toast in my mouth. I was running. My boob... My my boobs were swinging side to side, and I was narrating yeah. the grade that I was in, and I told everyone what my blood type was. And then all of a sudden, I tripped. And the thing is, I had my phone in my hand, and so I tripped and caught myself, but slammed the phone face first down onto the ground. And when I looked at it, the screen was just fucking shattered. That'll happen. And that's the fucking thing about- And Senpai techno- saw me too! <laughs> And what's so funny about about the fucking smartphone is that as technology has gotten better, the fragility has gotten it's so way much worse. worse. I will say I'm the only person I know who has almost no cracks on the front of his phone. Yeah, so I don't have any cracks on the phone itself, but I have not changed my screen protector in no, two years. So it's got a bunch of like little shit all over it. It's it's mostly on the edges. The edges are cracked, but but not the screen itself. Yeah, same same for mine, which they're, I mean I'm, like happy, chipped I'm happy than anything. With. Yeah. So but well I have a case that that um the the screen is never like if you drop it on the Exactly, ground, it's not gonna yeah. land. Uh, yeah, is do you have a spec case? Because I have a spec and, and they do and they're no, built I have, like uh, that. I have an otter box. Otter box. You know, I, I uh, my mom had an otter box with her smartphone and I considered getting otter box. They're just too thick, dude. Uh mine's pretty thin. The the because the only thing you need is is a bit of like padding on the front so that the screen is never going to land on the ground face first exactly yeah my i just remember like hers because she had a four i think at the time an iphone four yeah and it was a way back when and it was oh thing was a fucking chunky boy and i'm like this sucks like this is not cool um that nigga was was a thick lad (laughs) 
Yeah, I know, right? With, with like five C's. Yeah. What have you been doing this week? So it's been an interesting week. Uh, you might notice, Sam, that I brought a full course meal with me to this podcast. Yeah, I see it. I brought a full course meal with me. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner of nothing but crow. Because I'm gonna have to eat it this week. So, all right, let's 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 go through it one meal. Let's go through it one meal at a time. What's your breakfast crow? What's your what's your crow for lunch? Maybe a little crow snack, a little snack crow at, at around three thirty p.m. So I've 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 been wrong on several occasions. Been wrong on several occasions on this show. All right, and I I will admit that fully. I've been wrong multiple times. I have never been more wrong in my life, and I feel cheated. I feel tricked. This is not my fault. <laughs> But I've never been more wrong in my life about a television show when I recommended Lovecraft Country the first week, the first episode it came out. Now, I'm going to defend you here before we go any further, because you specifically said on the show you're only recommending the first episode. Yes, I did. That's what you said. Do you no longer think the first episode is any good? No, I think the first episode is a great pilot, but but it's funny <laughs> retroactively. It is funny retroactively to see, oh, this is why this episode is good. Because it's not doing any of the Lovecraft things. It's literally just, like, making these really tense, racist scenarios into, like, horror scenes. Like, yeah. you know, like the, like the, the cop who's like, who's, who's like, this is a sundown town, I'm gonna lynch you if, if the sun goes down. Like, turning that into a horror scene. Cool! And, and, it, and it's effective, and it works. There's a great chase scene that's very scary where they have to drive at the speed limit. Because if they speed, he's going to pull them over and the sun's going to go down. So they have to get out of the yeah. town before the sun goes down. And meanwhile, the cop is chasing them and he's like ramming them with his car. Like he like hits them. He like kind of fender benders them with his car and he's like bullying them like on the way out of the town. They have to cross the tracks to get out of the town before sundown or else he can string them up. And it's like great horror scene. Very well done. Very good. Very tense. Then they introduce the monsters and the whole scene with the monsters is like fine. But the monster design is like, it's, it's okay. I, I figured this is a good first monster. <laughs> I said, this is a good first monster because there's probably going to be more monsters. It, it's, like, it's like the Ratata Pidgey of yeah, the exactly. Lovecraft yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay, they look kind of generic. They look like uh Kezu from like um from uh um Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter? Oh, yeah. I fucking love Kezu. Yeah, but without wings and they have like instead of having eyes, like no eyes, they have eyes on their back. Oh, okay. But it does look a lot like Kezu. And it's like, okay, mm -hmm. this is a cool little monster design, not bad. And I was like, great great Rattata monster. Great Pidgey <laughs> yeah. monster. That's a great point. Episode 2 immediately and I'm, I'm i'm not gonna dwell too much on like all the plot beats of episode two i'm just gonna tell you all the shit that sucks so they get to the town and immediately between episode one and episode two two of the characters forget what happened in the last episode and there's like an amnesia spell right okay so it's really infuriating to watch because there's no clear divide between that amnesia spell happening so it's just really annoying. And, and that's I, uh, probably would have worked with a book, which this was based on a book, better than a, uh, a TV show. So anyway, so then they I, I realized every episode is going to have at least one horrible racist white guy who is who are supposed to root for their death. And they're always going to act exactly the same, which is like smug and making constant allusions to like the same five racial epitaphs. Mm -hmm. um, and it's weird because they're never going to call them directly to their face, except for like they use the N word once. But um, like they're always going to like kind of dance around the obvious racism. And 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 so that's always like, OK, I get it. You're drumming up tension by having like it's like get out where where they yeah. they, they kind of skirt around the racism. But in get out, it's very intentional. 
these characters don't realize they're racist. In in this, they are racist, and they know it, and they think that's a good thing to be, but they're still, like, talking like TV show people. Like, there's this one, there's this one thing where this woman's like, yeah, my dog's here. They hunt beasts. And beasts, they're smart, but they, they're not smart like us, like humans. They don't know when to quit. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. there's a creation of a, a creation of a nigger. I get it. Like, yeah. Lovecraft, creation of a nigger. I get it! It's so annoying! Like, and it's, it's, and it's one of these things where, like, Okay, so it's not even about H.P. Lovecraft. I'm just gonna throw that out there. There's no Lovecraft in this fucking show. There's none. And and like and and I was expecting it to be, look. And here's why I was excited because H.P. Lovecraft is an interesting man, and I love researching and talking about him. Like even the depths of his racism are so cosmic brained compared to racists of the era. He including wrote, his writing. Yeah, his writing is nuts. And it's and 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 the his correspondences, if you ever read his letters, it's basically him slowly becoming not a racist. And on his the last letter he wrote on his deathbed, he's like, "I fucking regret all of the hatred I carried around my whole life, and I, I regret being a huge racist, which people don't tell you because if if Lovecraft is a racist, then people can steal his work and and yeah, it's not to, canon. Yeah, it's not yeah, canon. They, um, yeah. but, but so I, I genuinely think that, or maybe it's just not that well known outside of like because if you only know two things about H.P. Lovecraft, it's I Cthulhu. didn't know until five seconds ago. Yeah, it's Cthulhu, and he was a racist, and and you really have to be a fan of Lovecraft to like read those correspondences. So I have, uh, and and I kind of know his journey through life uh, to become, you know, because he he was a horrible racist most of his career, and I think if he had lived longer, because he he died of poor health, he would have been a, a far more open person. I don't know if he wouldn't have been not racist, but he he certainly wouldn't have been as hateful, and it probably wouldn't have shown in his writing. Um, but that's sort of my thing. But I was like, it's interesting because ultimately that is his legacy. That's what he wrote, and it's what we have, and we have to judge yeah. what we have. And so I was like, it's it'll be cool to have a show with a black perspective judging H.P. Lovecraft's works and kind of and, you know, and and respecting the work that he made, clearly being a fan of the work that he made. The protagonist is a fan of H.P. Lovecraft and he's a black man, but also mm-hmm. being critical of it. And, and I like that duality in that perspective because that's me. That's the perspective I have. And I think it's interesting. And I, and it's why I don't think that an author like Lovecraft should be just fucking wiped from the face of the earth. If 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 people are going to continue telling his stories through other media, I think that's fine because ultimately, you know, I white people shouldn't be the only ones who get to read and critique and comment on his work. I think I think a show like Lovecraft Country could be very interesting if you had uh, someone like me who is a black mixed race Jewish fan of H.P. Lovecraft. I was about to say what 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 it sounds like is is you should have just directed this. I should have written well just... I didn't write the book. That's the problem. Yeah, you didn't write the book. You should have a- adapted it to TV. Yeah, and and uh but but like oh, so here's the thing. It's not about H.P. Lovecraft. It's about the Bible. Lovecraft Country is about the Bible. Now let me ask you something. Why why you should have just called Bible Country? Bible, <laughs> Bible Country is a real thing first of all. We have I, I I sounds like it. It sounds like it's something that already exists. It, it does. Yeah. And second of all, I don't know. I think it is because people know the name Lovecraft. Like if you called it Belknap Country or like Campbell Country or you know, some other pulp writer of the time, you wouldn't And the other thing is that H.P. Lovecraft lived in in like the in you know, he lived in New England, but he also wrote a lot about like the fucking dingy parts of New England. Like he wrote 
he 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 like Dunwich Horror takes place in the fucking filthiest fucking possible inversion of Massachusetts you can imagine versus like Edgar Allan Poe very city and very forest and very regal yeah so and the show you we go to this countryside this very obviously segregated countryside is it called loved like the town of the city no it's it's called Ardham which is supposed to be Arkham but it's Ardham and they, which they acknowledge in the show. Okay. And I was like, okay, that's cute. Maybe I, I was expecting a twist where it's like, no, this really is Arkham. This really is Arkham. It's just been the name was changed and whatever. But so, anyways, so it's about the Bible and wizards. It's about wizards, like the like like the clan. No, like those kind of wizards. Or are we talking like Harry Potter wizards? We're talking Harry Potter wizards, but they're called wizards probably because of the clan, which the show, okay. by the way, does not let that get past you. The show assumes that you're a fucking is I, I, I think a big problem, too, is that like it's assuming that its audience is going to be white people who aren't aware of these things. But I am because I'm not white. So, like, I mean, I'm, I'm half white, but I'm Jewish white. I'm Polish. So, like, I'm aware. I, I know my history. I know my history. And, and it's so it's it's a little like, all right, I get it. They're, they're writing for not me. They're writing for an audience that isn't just me. But like, so the wizards, their whole plan is that. They hate women, much like we all do, because <laughs> Eve bit the apple, casting us out of paradise. And I guess Adam was also a wizard, because Adam wrote a book of spells in his, like, own language, which is, I guess, implied what to be- fuck, dude? Implied what to be Enochian. And so they can't translate the language. So these wizards are trying to go back to paradise, and they also worship Adam because Adam named all the animals, and- sorted the order of mankind, putting man above woman, putting woman above beast, obviously the implication beast, black people, and then all mm-hmm. the animals. And and so they, they like worship the man who sorted and put human beings in their place. Obviously the idea is that he blessed the white race with privilege and with power. Um, and so they want to return to the Garden of Eden, which they believe is their rightful home. But by episode two, the main villain of the show dies immediately. And then they leave Lovecraft Country, and then the rest of the show takes place in the city, um, so far. And, and episode three has nothing to do with the Bible, it has nothing to do with what we just saw, it has everything to do with, uh, with a Herbert West reanimator type evil scientist. And there was some controversy, because his name in the book is H- Hiram Winthrop, it's supposed to be a very obviously British colonizer, like, stuffy kind of name. And they changed his name to Hiram Epstein. <laughs> Jesus, who we Christ, all know did not kill himself. Anymore on the nose. So, so, but then the worst part about it is, um, people, a lot of, a lot of like Israeli like uh, critics and like uh, very heavily Jewish critics have pointed out that Epstein is a Jewish name, and the the crime that he commits is he stole black people like you know he kidnapped them with the help of a police officer who was also a wizard in the clan um oh oh the worst line in the show is uh he says are you with the clan like at one point atticus the main character is like you guys with the clan and and uh the like fake january jones who i think is now the new real antagonist is like we would never fraternize with the clan they're too poor uh and so like he experimented on these black people which happened it was a real thing the problem is when you change it to a jewish last name that becomes blood libel 
And blood libel was a false trumped up charge levied at Jews constantly to justify, in the name of the law, pogrom, forcing them out of their land and encampment. So these woke went broke because they wanted I, to have this the name is my Epstein. favorite shit Moss. i want to let you know like this is like one of my favorite things ever oh it's i love in, it. in it's media poetic. like it, it's like an all-timer for me when people are like we're gonna do this thing with the intent of being like yeah yeah we're, we're in it guys we're, we're with you dog and they end up just being either like way more racist or sexist or or bigoted. I find that shit fucking hysterical oh, it's so every good. fucking time. And and the part that sucks, because if it was in the original book, you could blame ignorance, of course, but this was a deliberate change. Because yeah. his name was not that in the book. And and like Yeah, it, it's literally to invoke Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Who by the way did not kill himself. Who yeah, by the way, did not kill himself. I just I, I wanna let everyone know, like this this angers two sides of me, because this angers the HP Lovecraft side of me, and this angers the black man in me. And and I don't mean that in a in a way that's supposed to sound so sexual. It it ang it it angers me on two fronts because it, uh, like we were so close. We had such great black horror art with Get Out and with Us. And Us is not as focused on race relation as Get Out, but it, it has those elements. We like we we're finally getting this great genre work. Uh, and this was the one I was most excited about. And I'm angry because the show is garbage. It's not based on H.P. Lovecraft, which upsets me, but it would be fine if it was just general cosmic horror, but it's it's not. It's more based on his secret order cult side of things, which is the least interesting stuff he wrote. Um, and it's just generally not interesting. There's so many, like secret orders are so pedestrian. They're so boring um, and they're interesting only when they worship an occult God. That's when they're interesting, but they don't. They worship God, God. They worship the Bible. So that's just a regular cult. Uh, and, and then, and, and I'm also just angry because it's like every attempt to go as woke as you possibly can always ends like this. It always ends with garbage, like, like this happening. And it sucks. We, there's no chill. And, and, it, and it just is so much more damaging than I think people realize because when you're so focused on, on one community, you hurt other communities by accident. I, uh, this is really, uh, emphasized by the fact that Tick fought in the Korean war. And so we get to see a, uh. A hallucination where a tiny woman, a tiny Korean woman, jumps out of his closet, dual-wielding pistols, wearing an army uniform two sizes too big, and speaking ching-chong at him, and then he strangles her to death. And it's really uncomfortable. And, and I, I, anytime I see a black man strangle someone in media, I, I always wonder if it's supposed to be an Eric Garner callback. The, you know, mm -hmm. the famous I can't breathe. Um, Eric Garner was choked out by a police officer in, I think, 2014. Um, and so, like, obviously, that that's called forward in Get Out, um, and and I and and I always wonder if that's like a callback or if that's just because people strangle people. But obviously, when you are, and this is, these are the things you have to think about, right? Because when you yes. when when these things happen, people are going to consciously think about them. I am going to consciously think about them, and I will think, well, what's the meaning of it? If he just I don't know threw her out the window or stabbed her because she has a knife and and guns, and he just stabbed her with her own knife, like. I would be like, okay, cool, that was a fight scene. But the fact that he strangled her, I was like, are they saying something? Are you saying something here? Um, and, and, and that's the problem, is, is just careless writing. There's, there's lots of, like, woke theory I can get into, like colorism, the fact that the, the, the lead black ingenue is really light-skinned and very skinny and kind of looks Hispanic, whereas her sister's, like, fat, black, and sassy, and she's, like, kind of an antagonistic role. 
Mm-hmm. And and this idea that like the ideal attractive black woman is lighter skinned. Like there's just lots of things that it's just like you're not thinking. You're not thinking. And if and if you, and and I took I just took the most cursory media studies classes. I don't care. And I'm very detached from these things, but I remember them. And I I internalize them because now I know what not to do and what I what I want to be conscious of. And I'm like you're just yeah. not thinking of these things. A journey Smollett Bell is is obviously she was cast cuz she was in Suicide Squad. She's a hot actress in in both looks and in popularity yes but like when you cast her and then you cast someone significantly darker as her sister who is like you know this kind of like presence in her life that is antagonistic that says things that enforces a lot of negative stereotypes um about the idea that lighter skinned black women are pure and desirable darker skinned black women are are you know are like hood rats and hoes like and and that's not what this show is saying of course but but the idea that she is not that you didn't have a darker character set in the lead um, and, and that they're just, oh my God, they're so different pigmentation wise. They are so different. It is, I cannot communicate. These two are, they're half sisters. That's what they said. But, but then, and then Tick is born from a white guy, but he is the blackest man I've ever seen when he should look like me. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and like, obviously, you know, you have people like Evan Ross who are very mixed and they're like a little darker. You have people like Drake. But, like, he is so, so dark-skinned, and, like, we don't get that dark, dude. We just don't. <laughs> um, and, and so, like, so episode four, I'm just going to get to episode four, which is National Treasure. Episode four is National Treasure. They go into a museum, and to unlock the museum with the pages of the Book of Adam, they have to wait for the moon to strike a statue of an alligator, which will highlight the tooth of the alligator that they have to push. <laughs> And then they Fuck have to is national treasure, dude. Then they have to cross a beam. They have to cross a wooden beam, but the wooden beam magically starts like uh, turning to dust behind them. Okay. And there's a swinging axe above them, and they have to jump past the swinging axe. Like it's axe. fucking Sen's fortress. Yes, it's Sen's fortress. <laughs> and then they have to unlock a door using a code based on ancient writing, which was God created Adam. Adam fucked Eve. Eve ate the apple. God cast them out, and it's like, you know, you have to press God, then Adam, then Eve, then the apple, you know, very, like, whatever. Um, and it was, like, based on a poem, and then there's water rising, and then they have to put, he has to put his, uh, Tick has to put his hand into, like, a do- a bloodlock that, like, bleeds him, and sees if his blood is the blood of, like, Adam, which it is, um, or the blood of Titus, the, Titus is, is the wizard, and then, then, and this is the part that broke me, because they go into a, a tra- this part. Yeah, this no, is no, the no, part? no. This is the part that broke me. They go into a ship. They go into a pirate ship, right? They're inside of a pirate ship in this museum, which is just down there, and there's water surrounding it. Obviously, it's supposed to be like a magical location, right? But they go inside of this pirate ship, and there's a dinner, like a dinner table full of dead Native American people, and and then they find a woman clutching the map, and she's of course a corpse, right? So they try to grab the map, and the woman revives, so she goes from a spooky skeleton into a woman, but she's a Native American person. Um, but she has breasts, and a dick, and a pussy, and they're all on screen at once. And it, uh, they probably cast an actual intersex woman, I don't know, I'm sure there would be controversy if they didn't. But like, either way, so I'm like, okay, that's kind of neat, because that's actually a, a thing in Native American culture, is this idea of like, two spirits in one form. But then she starts speaking in Ecumbokum, and... <laughs> 
and she starts speaking in Ikumbokum, and Tick inexplicably is able to understand the language of Ikumbokum. And she's got, like, face pain and, like, body paint and all these things. And she's, like, dramatically acting, but in Ikumbokum. And I'm sure it's a genuine Native American language, but, like, she's such a bad actor. <laughs> and so she, it looks, it's so bad. Because she's like, Ikumbokum, Ikumbokum. And, like... Like, she's, like, doing, like, the fake crying, and, like, it's so bad. She's such a bad actor, and I wonder if they cast her because it's the only Native American intersex woman they can find. Um, because it is such an oddly specific thing to cast. I mean, that's, I mean, that is it, and, like, that is always the, the situation you come across, right? Where, like, I mean, you look back to even some of that, everyone got mad about fucking, uh, Scarlett Johansson and, like, Ghost in the Shell. Which, by the way, the Major is a fucking robot. Yeah. So like already it it don't even matter. But I was like, why didn't you cast a, a, a Japanese woman? Because there there ain't no Japanese actress that is as popular as Scarlett Johansson. No, not enough to get this fucking movie funded. Yeah, not at <laughs> or all. Or to get butts in the seats. Not that this shit that that, that fucking shitty movie would have done so anyways. Yeah. So so anyways, so she's she's hamming it up in her ekumbokum, and then the window of the ship breaks, and there's a flood, and they have to run away from the flood and get into an elevator. But then conveniently, someone drops the pages to the Book of Adams, so Journey Smollett-Bell has to, like, go and get them while they're drowning. And it's, like, so contrived and so bad. And then I, I realized, and then there's also, like, a fake January Jones, the daughter of the wizard who dies at the in episode two. And she's now the antagonist because she's also looking for the pages. And she's a white woman. And she's angry because as a woman, they also discriminate against her. But she's still the antagonist, so, like, I don't care. And And so, like... Oh, there's so much to talk about. There's rap music. They don't they don't use 19. They don't use a lot of like appropriate music for the era. It's like lots of rap music. So there's this scene where this white bitch is driving down the road. Right. And I and I hate this actress. She's the most blonde haired, blue eyed actress. And I, it's so distracting because it like it looks like she's wearing contact lenses. Her eyes are so blue. And I know why they cast her because it's Aryan. Wait, is the wait. Hold on. Is the rap music diegetic in the show? No, but it, but it's okay. annoying. So she's she's driving down the street, right, in in like a silver Corvette, and the music that's playing is like some trap bullshit. It's like WAP, and 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 okay. but the lyrics are like, "Bitch, I got that money. You know I got that money." And it's like, okay, I just get like it. Just like some some fucking like we paid like five dollars to license this off of Creative Commons. Yeah, or or, or like um, there was a scene that that could have been really good where where there's a, a ghosts of these black people who've been experimented on and they're all like kind of spooky. Like there's one with her breasts are cut off and there's a baby head on an adult body. Like it's mm. great. It's great stuff. <laughs> He's wearing a basketball uniform, though. I thought that was kind of maybe a little maybe a little goofy, a little, little much, yeah, a little, little too much. much. But but um, but so they're all like holding hands and chanting to like exercise the ghost of Jeff Jeffrey Epstein who did not kill himself. And, uh, and, and, and it would be a really powerful moment because the, the ghosts, they turn back into their pure selves before they were mutilated. Um, but there's like this, like rap music, this triumphant rap music over it. And I was like, oh, this could have been like, so like if they just played it straight with like a nice orchestral score, like, you know, some like good strings, I would have probably been like super engaged. But it was like too on the nose. Like you, you know, it was fishing for like hype, as opposed to being a really satisfying kind of like horror scene for me. And and I understand maybe the show just isn't for me. But I think that it's it, it might be. It, I think it's pandering to like white Tumblr bitches. Because my sister was talking about this. She's on Facebook, and people are like, "Oh my God, Lovecraft Country is everything." That, and, and, and apparently people are saying that because I had another friend, a different friend who does not know my sister, who said the exact same line to me. So I guess people are saying Lovecraft Country is everything. I guess that's the line. 
But like I was talking about it to my sister and she and she quit the show at episode two. She thought it was terrible. And she and 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 she obviously same, you know, same parentage as me, same ethnicity as me. And so I asked her, she's like, all of my friends seem to love the show. And I went, are your friends white? And she's like, oh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> it's because they're fucking playing. It's because they're fucking playing. And and they're and they're being manipulated by all these awful white racists on screen. And you know what? I get fucking mad at depictions of racism on screen because of course I do. It's indignant and it sucks to see. Everyone hates seeing that shit. And and it's like and of course you know it's always satisfying when they die. You know it's like there like there's nothing. It's not bad. It's just so cheap. And like and and it's cheap when it's like with Get Out. It's so satisfying because this is great plot. Great build up and like these great villains who don't realize they're villains and it's like and and they're underplaying it. They're underplaying how evil they are and it's so good and they're like smug cunts, but they're not like horrible racist smug cunts. They're just very racist liberal smug cunts and it's like so that's what's funny is that's what's funny because it sounds like the people who really love Lovecraft Country are the villains and get out. Yeah, they are the Armitage family. <laughs> like and, and it's true. Like I really, really are. And 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 so I noticed it because you said Rip Jordan Peele, which Jordan Peele didn't exact, didn't write or direct it. He executive. He was a producer. It. Now, did we talk about that on this show? No. Jordan Peele is the new Tom Clancy. Yeah, I think I said that in too in DMs. Jordan Peele is the new Tom Clancy. He's the new National Lampoon. Just slap his name on anything. Yeah, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone. And I'm pretty sure he did like none of the episodes. Like, I'm sure he wrote none of them. Exactly. Like, it's just like, hey, remember Get Out? Remember how much money you guys made us from Get Out? Well, all we're going to do is just slap his name on it. Because that gives it leagues more fucking clout, despite the fact that he had probably little to no involvement on the show. Yeah, and, and I think even worse than that is, is that the other producer is J.J. Abrams, and now everything makes sense. I was like, oh, no wonder all of these great mysteries that were set up immediately were ruined for more mysteries they got rid of one mystery to make another mystery no wonder no wonder because jj abrams fucking made it it's so dude it is really funny and like obviously you're you're you're, i mean obviously like you you have some experience in like the the movie and tv world so like maybe you can help me explain this it sometimes feel feels like with the producer role it's kind of a coin flip because on one hand you have situations like like Jordan Peele becoming the new Tom Clancy, where like, all right, his name being attached to a project basically means very little than nothing. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a clout seeking measure at this point with a lot of that shit. But on the other hand, there are other works where a producer or, or an EP is probably the most influential figure on a project. Yeah, like for example, if you have Steven Spielberg producing, there's a good chance that he had a lot to do with it. Yeah, like even more than like the director. Yeah, sometimes. It's it's pretty crazy. I will say this much. I don't know if J.J. Abrams did anything on the show, but the fact that he executive produced it means that he liked the content. And I think the fact that the content was written like something he would make has a lot to do with why he's executive producing it. Even if he didn't make it, it's something he would have liked or would have made himself in, in terms of structure and in terms of the way everything's set up. And in terms of just the constant mysteries upon mysteries, they don't even they get out of the fucking all the answers to the show, everything about the book of Adam, and I, I have theories still. I'm like, is the twist going to be that Adam was secretly black and the snake was white or something like that? I don't know. Like, 
I, I, or, or like, is, is Adam like a Lovecraftian monster? Like, I'm interested in if they can pull off an interesting twist. Cause that's all that for me could save this show. So you're still holding out hope. You're still watching. No, I'm going to watch it to finish it. Cause I, I, I feel like I've never seen a show that I hated enough to f- see it through. Well, you should watch uh, 13 Reasons Why then. <laughs> it's because here's the thing like this show, I was so, because it's like Star Trek Picard, I was mildly interested. And I don't like Picard, but like, you have. This was a show I was so excited for. It had a great pilot. And now I'm like, I wonder if we've just had three really fucking bad episodes. I mean, like, you know, I watched Darling. I watched all of Darling. Like, you know, I can get through a couple bad episodes. But, like, I wonder now if if they could pull off a miracle. Like, I'm sort of watching to see what happens. Because right now I think it is one of the dumbest fucking shows to ever get, like, a ton of mainstream acclaim. I think it is so stupid. Every story beat is the dumbest possible story beat it could be and i'm for it i'm for i'm for more i hope it gets worse or better either way i win but if it stays a consistent level of bad i'm gonna be angry okay either way i hope okay. next week I can come back and be mad about the show some more <laughs> but yeah I'm, i mean that's one of the things i did this week i'm not gonna go into the second one just yet i want to give you the floor what do you got what do you got this week yeah so so i did a lot this week i played a lot of games i played a lot of games on a very specific console known as the sega dreamcast Ooh, baby so walk with me here so uh, like about like a week and a half two weeks ago i got really into researching the sega dreamcast like what happened what was on it why do people like this thing why did it die so painfully and why do people still give a shit about it today i was really fascinated by it because I've been coming more and more fascinated with, with with this idea I'm just gonna dub as alternative gaming. I don't know if that's accurate, but like, let me explain this. Miles, we were born a year apart, exactly. Yes. You're 96, I'm 97. You're the hamster dance, yes. Yes, I, I am. I am the ham, as I found out today, I am born the same year of the hamster dam, dance coming out. To be continued. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 23 years later, we're still waiting. Please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Japan, please. I don't know who made the hamster Canadians. Dance. Canadians, please. Give us Hamster Dance 2. Alternative gaming. I, yeah, alternative gaming. But basically, I was thinking, I'm like, I, there, there's like an idea, or like, I have this idea in my head called the, what I'm calling the canon of good games. And that like, Super Mario Brothers 1 is in the canon of good games. You know, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is in the canon of good games. Um, I'm trying to think of something more recent uh, that people go back. Here, here's here, here's what about, a, like, a Witcher what about, 3. Um, yeah, Witcher 3, canon of good games. Is in like, the canon of, of good games. Dark Souls is in the canon of good games. Basically, if you went up to someone and be, hey, what, what's this game about? And it was like, oh yeah, everyone likes that game. Like, or like, yeah, it's good. And that's what they say about it. That's the canon of good games. Yeah. And there ain't sh- shit from Sega in the canon of good games. Because as we all know, History is written by the victors. What about Yakuza? Yakuza's not no 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 way in the Canada Good Games. Yeah, it's not it's not big enough. I think it has we're, a we're niche talking we, we're talking like very mainstream. You're talking shit here. everyone likes the game. Yeah, I'm talking everyone likes the game or everyone acknowledges that the game is good. Right. Um, and it and it has and it had some level of like 
it, it impact. That's Doom, like Doom not 2016. Impl- it, what do you think about that? Is I mean, Doom 93 is in the canon of good games. I, yeah. I don't even. Don't I don't wouldn't say Doom 2016. Okay, but yeah, it, it's just kind of like a case by case basis. That's why I I want to bang out a list one day of like, hey, here's like 75 games that people say are good, like. Chrono Trigger, that, like everyone, yeah, yeah everyone Chrono, likes Chrono yeah, Trigger. Yeah, Chrono Triggers is up there, I, I would say, is in the can of good. See, here's the thing Chrono Trigger is in the can of good games. Final Fantasy VII is in the can of good games. Final Fantasy VI, which is arguably, you know, arguably better than those two games, is probably not. Uh, um, it depends. It, it, yeah, it yeah. depends on who you ask and like what communities you're in. And that's what it comes down to is, is that community element. Yeah. And I was like, well, let me take a look at like, what did people, if people grew up with Sega from like, 89 to or even prior with like the master system to like the end of the dreamcast what did they play what do they give a shit about and what what do they care so i'm like okay i'm gonna start with the dreamcast because i want to i'm fascinated because everyone loves i mean miles everyone talks about the dreamcast all the time and whenever it, it's brought up it's usually brought up and fuck yeah shit's great everyone compares the wii u to the dreamcast which i've been saying is bullshit for years but like people understand that recognize that system as like a you know, like a sad tragedy. Basically, yeah, it should right? have been, it should have done better is what everyone kind of says. Yeah. And honestly, like after looking into it, it definitely should have done done way better. I think that console's super a super ahead of its time. And a lot of people say piracy killed the Dreamcast. I don't fully buy that. I think just like Sega's bad public relations PR was super shitty at the time because they basically just dropped the Saturn in like a year. Yeah. Um. Especially in Japan, or especially here in the states, Saturn was like a fucking absolute disaster. Plus, they dropped the CD, which again, not CD. Sega CD is not like a bad system. It just they dropped it too early. Thirty two X again, not a horrible system. They just dropped it way too fucking early. Yeah. I think that it's got like twenty something games. It's ridiculous. So it has all this fucking bad. They have all this bad PR leading up to the Dreamcast, and they just could not turn it around. And it fucking sucks because all the games I played have been fucking good. So. The first thing I did, and also we passed Dreamcast Day, 21st anniversary on 9-9 of 2020. It was 21st anniversary. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm just going to play a bunch of Dreamcast games. And let me tell you, Dreamcast is pretty fucking lit. So I, first I had to do my, re, uh, my obligatory replay of Sonic Adventure 1. And I got to be honest, I've flip-flopped a lot in this game. I'm like a politician when it comes to Sonic Adventure. Like, you catch me on a bad day, I say that game's awful. You catch me on a good day, I say it's fucking great. Uh, I'm like... I've definitely mellowed out more towards, like, I think it's good. I do think that game is good. It has more merit than it does, like, absolute fucking garbage shit. It still has its fair share of absolute garbage shit, but I do think it's, it, it's, it's, the stuff that's there is, is good. And also, I think it's just a, a very interesting game. Have you played I, Sonic Adventure at all? I have beaten Sonic. I let's played Sonic Adventure. Oh, okay. Blind. Yeah. That was my first playthrough, and I, I thought it was fine. Um, I don't hate it. Yeah, there's like a lot of like there's becoming more and more like vitriol towards like adventures like one and like two is getting the the main brunt of it. But I'm like, no, no, like these games really aren't that bad. They are not like these two out of ten, three out of ten games. I just think like Sonic Adventure one, it just like I, I think people get too caught up on like the alternative gameplay shit. Like people get too caught up on that instead of just kind of taking it as at at its own merit. I mean like. I think the only, I really do think the only story, like, of the six campaigns in Adventure, the only one that I think outright, like, is fucking terrible all the way through is fucking Amy. Yeah. So, like, that one's it, bad. It, it's like, her, I think it, it's it, short it, enough that it doesn't suck. 
Big is ten minutes, yeah. and it's kind of it's kind of a fun ten minutes. T- uh, t- t- it's I was goofy. Saying, I, I like how silly it is. It, it's so goofy and out there from like the rest of the game, and, and also his story is like does not it's like not relevant at all. I think people get caught up on the fact that like people don't know how to do the fishing, which I think is what throws people off. It's not that hard. And why they get so I don't know why. It, here's the deal: it separates the fucking Brads from the Chads fucking big fishing because it's extremely easy people just don't know you need to press down when you when you when froggy catches onto the the pole they yeah. don't never know you, where people just smash a because it's what you can do with other fish for froggy you have to cook them by pushing down in the a button and then you're it's fucking free but i played that game that game has been talked to death about but i also booted up fucking crazy taxi and let me fucking tell you dude crazy taxi is fucking awesome basically Crazy Taxi, the whole gimmick, you're in a fucking cab, you have like a small open world city, you take people from point A to point B. Very simple enough. However, there's two things about its arcade mode specifically. So, in the Dreamcast version of the game, there's two maps. There's the arcade map, and then there's one they made exclusively for the Dreamcast version. And then you can play by arcade rules, and then a three-minute timer, five-minute timer, a ten-minute timer. By arcade rules, basically there's different levels of of rider you can get. So they'll either have like a green, yellowish tinted yellow, reddish tinted or red symbol, money symbol over them. And that'll tell you how much time you're going to get when you pick them up and about how long the distance is going to be to their destination. So red's really short, green's really long, but you get more time on your counter for green. So you're basically, part of the game is, is actually doing this like balancing act of making sure you're taking enough red drivers because that are red customers. So that'll get you more money faster, but you need that green to actually get your timer back up a significant amount. So you can keep taking more drivers because once you hit zero, it's fucking over. Obviously. And the other part of it too, is that the game has like, like very cool mechanical depth where it's like, you can do like something called a crazy dash or like a crazy boost where your car just like goes way faster, but you have to do it. You have to do it by like putting your car in reverse, then back to gas and or back to uh, drive and then hitting the, the gas button in a really specific timing. What I like about it is it's very similar to like fighting game inputs because fighting game inputs are designed the way they are because they, it, the, the you know, Capcom wants it to be harder for you to do a Hadouken, so it's more meaningful when one comes out, you know? Yeah. It's very much designed like that. And that's all the fucking moves. And if you want to get fucking, if you want to make more than five deliveries, if you want to, you know, take more than five customers, you got to learn how to do the drift. You got to learn how to do the dash. You got to learn how to do the stop. You got to learn how to do all this crazy fucking shit because crazy taxi. And it's fucking awesome. And what's great from like the arcade aspect of the game is the better you get, the longer you get to play the fucking game. Like if you're good from what I learned and stuff online, if you're like really good, you can have a 45 minute run in Crazy Taxi in our, for, with like original arcade rules. Just from like, again, getting everywhere super fast, knowing the fucking map and you get better as you play. It's like such a perfect fucking arcade experience and it's fucking awesome. And it has four songs and they're all good. <laughs> Just hear All I Want, on, which is a two-minute song on loop for fucking ever. It's a great fucking game. I, I, like, I like soundtracks. Like I, uh, A friend of mine uh, showed me Tony Hawk the other day. He was playing some Tony yeah. Hawk. And I love that that soundtrack is not a soundtrack. It's not curated. It's literally just, here's a Rolodex of songs, and we're going to play them in a string everywhere. On loading screens, in yeah. gameplay, in game modes. And it's just not 
nonstop playing these songs in a and chain. And it's really fun. And it's really funny you word it like that because I, I have to actually radically disagree with you because the, the soundtrack. Because I'm assuming this is what Plo One Plus Two, right? The remaster. Yeah, that soundtrack. It was extremely curated. Oh no! I mean, I mean, they're not curated for the for the the for mode the you're playing or the level. Yeah, yeah. The, it's just like here's just the song that's gonna play today. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then you just press the you can press in the right stick. There's like a fucking button command for you to skip the song. Yeah, but but it's not the the soundtrack isn't just like yeah. What can we afford? It's clearly they paid a lot and it's, they put it's, they no they put an ex- and there's like a like you can read stories and stuff about. Like, they went and spoke with, like, old skaters and stuff. Like, hey, what songs should have been in this game when it first came out but weren't for whatever reason? So it's the original soundtrack plus, like, 30 more songs from the era. Like, 20 or 30 more songs from the era. Plus, Pretty plus some cool. modern songs, too. They have some modern Yeah, tracks. plus a couple modern, modern ones, too. Which, But all, all fit the vibe, which is great. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's not like it's not fitting. I just mean, like, you know, normally in a game you would, you would drop into a, you know, a level. And it would be like, here's the track for when you're skating at Venice Beach. You know, like... Oh, here's here's the steel the steel drum. Doom, da, doom, 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 there doom, is doom. no Tony Hawk music. It's yeah. just the songs. Yeah, it's just uh, it's which, just whatever Blink One Eighty Two song that they they put in the game. Or you know, yeah. although I'll, I'll be I'll be honest, like and this this might get me fucking crucified because I, I bought this game. I played it for like three hours. I owe my buddy Sam Atherton because I made a bet that I was not able to win uh, a, a score attack challenge. I was not able to fucking win because I'm fucking awful at Tony Hawk. <laughs> I, I I played it for like about like four or five hours, and I had a pretty good time with that game. And I like the soundtrack enough. Although I just got to be honest, they have a lot of great bands that I like, but none of like um, that would not be my Blink One Eighty Two song. That would not be my Green Day song. That would it was like it was like that would not be my Bad Religion pick. That would not be my all, Offspring pick. That would not be my my Blink One Eighty Two pick. That would not be my uh, Yellow Card pick. You know shit like that. Yeah. Well, there's only one Yellow Card pick worth picking. <laughs> And you know I, I what just, it is. I was like, I was like, re- you could tell like I was fucking reaching. Yeah. Like, fuck, what's another band from that era? It's like, oh yeah, Yellow Card. Yeah, there's only one Yellow Card song. I See, I would have made a joke and would have done some obvious B-cut, but they don't have any other songs. They yeah. just have Ocean they Avenue. They just have Ocean Avenue. And it's, it's it, I just, yeah, I, I like that era of music. It's like, it's noisy and shitty and bad. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It, it does hit with me, though, because, again, I'm like an early 2000s kid. So oh, like, no, me too. I, it, it, it's my red tinted. It's the rose tinted glasses. But it, it's also just fun because all them, they all have so, like, fun voices to imitate. Like, you don't sing, there's a place off Ocean Avenue. You sing, there's a place, there's a place off, off Ocean, Ocean Avenue. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to be an American idiot. Like, you don't. Yeah. Or like Tom's voice from fucking uh, Blake 182. Yeah. Where are you? I'm so sorry. I cannot <laughs> sleep. I cannot dream tonight. Oh, my God. I fucking. Oh, that, that song is aw- especially awesome because the it's the drummer who sings on that song. Uh, right? Yes. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, it's. Mark, whatever his name is, it's not Travis Barker. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mar- Mark is the uh, other vocalist because he's also on um, my favorite of their songs, uh, "Feeling This." Yeah, that. Oh, yeah, it's a great. That's a great dog game. Track. Yeah, "Feeling This" is great. Damn, it's great. You know, I want to fuck a dog. They made that song. <laughs> oh, I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, um, oh I mean, it's him. not, but it is funny. Um, did you have an emo phase? No, actually, I really, I really oh, didn't. I had the biggest emo phase, but like, I wasn't emo like. Aesthetically, I just liked emo music a lot. So I was like, but so I was like this really cheery kind of happy kid. But I loved Fall Out Boy and I loved MCR and I loved Panic. 
uh, and I know they're more pop punk, but they they were kind of the the defining emo soundtracks. Um, oh, for sure, for sure. But like, oh my god, like I I loved uh, Green Day's kind of on that emo scale, but that is like again, they're not emo like lyrics. I mean, MCR a lot of emo lyrics towards the towards the uh, Infinity on High era of Fall Out Boy, very emo. Um, but like. Panic was never really emo. It was just like the yeah. songs of the emo era. You just kind of all got they all they all played in emo the emo adjacent. Zim. Yeah, they all played in the Invader Zim AMVs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. A, did that's I ever tell you I discovered Fall Out Boy? This is the most two thousands thing in the world. What was it? AMVs? Yeah, uh, a sugar were going down in a Final Fantasy VII AMV. <laughs> see, see, my my experience with AMVs were, were the Sonic AMVs from back Fuck, in the course. day. And that shit. Let's see what what were, what were the big ones in Sonic. Obviously, everyone knows the big the the Gangsta's Paradise AMV from like thirteen years ago, which was then brought br- trudged back up by YouTube when the movie trail the first movie trailer came out and had Gangsta's Paradise in it. It's that it's that one. It's 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 the fucking Supersonic by Bad Religion. That was always the one that was always in a lot of these fucking AMVs. A lot of Lincoln Park, obviously. Yeah, I, I was big into Lincoln Park too. Yeah, I was big into Lincoln Park. I I was big into Lincoln. I, I liked Hybrid Theory, and I liked. I still, I still like. I think Lincoln Park made good music until Chester died. I think. Yeah, I and and, I, and that's I, not to say when he died their music sucked. It was when he died they stopped doing. Things. They stopped making music. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not saying like yeah, whoever replaced. I don't think he's been replaced. I think they just stopped. But if they are making new things, I'm not aware of it. But like uh, that fucking uh, Waiting for the End. That's a great fucking song. Listen to the to the to the Arthur mix. mashup <laughs> to the yeah. mashup with uh, the Arthur theme. It's it's so good. That's a good one. Oh uh, man! But speaking of music, another Dreamcast game I played was fucking Jet Set Radio, the yeah. original Jet Grind Radio. That game kind of sucks, dude. Yeah, I'm I think it's kind of bad. I'll be honest. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm gonna try to beat it because I want to see it through to the end. But like, wow. Oh no! Future future from what everything I've seen is a glow up. Absolutely, it's like. It's like to, to to for those who haven't played either because they're I mean like people know the original Jet Set Radio over Future for sure because again history is written by the victors nobody played Japanese games on Xbox except for me when I was in 2012 um when I found I think I found the series to like a Let's Play anyways the the point the point being it's like the jump from like Jet Set Radio to Future was like two three years and it's the jump from Tekken one to Tekken seven like. That's how big of a fucking leap in terms of overall fucking control and just general fucking game feel. Or I shouldn't say game feel because I haven't read the book. But yeah, we got we got called out for that last week. Well, we didn't get called out, but it was that, I, I didn't get called out. We, for neither of us I got never, called out. It was it was more like just like Chris basically drew the hard line of like, don't fucking talk about game feel unless you read the book. Well, it just is a lot more okay, cool than the fun factor. Can, we, can I say that? Then the fun factor, sure, uh, of Jet Set Radio Future is like, it just feels like Jet Set Radio One. I'm like, man, because you know, like you know, I know what Future plays like. Yeah, it, it's so it plays so unique and distinctly. This is so, that like that's why I'm like I'm excited for Bomb Rush Cyberfunk because Reptile Games are a great studio, but also I'm a little nervous because. Anything that's not that, I'm going to notice, and it's going to hurt, because Jet Grind Radio, it's like, wow, this is just an unrealized Jet Set Radio future. This, this is actually the perfect transition for me, too, because I had the exact same experience with, experience with the game this week. Really? What'd you play? I played Xenoblade Chronicles. 
Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. And and for people who don't know, I love the Wii U, uh, and Sam clowns on me constantly because it's a terrible opinion. But I love the Wii U, uh, and all, and it's four games that aren't on Switch anymore. Uh, <laughs> three games, more or less. And basically, the only holdout that I care about now are the only is two X. holdouts, which one of them is never happening, and the other one is probably never happening. Are is Maiden of Maiden of Blackwater and Xenoblade X. Oh, Maiden of Blackwater. Okay. Yeah, Maiden of Blackwater and X. I I don't think you could do Zero without the Wii U gamepad, and, and I don't think anyone's gonna miss it. So like, Tom will miss, Tom will miss it. it. I'll, I mean, I'll miss it. I think Zero is pretty good, but like, um, yeah, Maiden of Blackwater and uh, Xenoblade X are the two holdouts for the Switch that are keeping me and and Splatoon One being more fun for me. Um, but like, those are the only reasons I still have my Switch. Um, and the thing is, I fucking love Xenoblade X. I liked it when I played it. I thought it was awesome. I liked it a lot when I played it. And I think playing Xenoblade Chronicles has done the most bizarre thing. This has never happened before for me. But it has ascended Xenoblade X from a game that I like to, I think, one of my favorite games. Because playing Xenoblade, playing this game where I know what I could be getting, all I could do was get nostalgic for Xenoblade X. Yeah, and all it, ma- wants you, it, all, it, all it makes you want to do is just play x instead exactly and and so i'll just say up front i'm aware that xenoblade chronicles you play for the story i'm 20 hours in roughly i just got melia uh, i got to the nopon village and i'm like i'm not i'm not seeing it i'm not seeing the story yet i know it's just getting started i'm sure there's we haven't gotten any major twists i'm aware there's like one big major twist like i guess there's a betrayal at some point everyone keeps that a secret um the ending i guess is pretty great like again i'm playing for the story but mm-hmm. oh my god, it's it's so like compared to X, I'm like I'm like this is so like the basics. This is the most barren version of the Xenoblade formula you could possibly get. And I imagine when it came out, it felt really fresh and new. But X is brilliant mechanically speaking. Yeah. First of all, there's no sprint in Xenoblade Chronicles, and I think that is an example of gameplay where the areas are too big. And like Breath of the Wild, gigantic fucking game, right? Yeah. But ultimately in Breath of the Wild, the gameplay is slowing down, smelling the roses, exploring everything. Even though that game is big and you don't move very fast, you don't really want to move very fast because if you do, you're going to miss something. Versus Xenoblade where it's like, okay, I'm in a giant field. There's a blue orb at the other side of the screen and that blue orb is going to have a randomly generated item. I want to get to that blue orb. The only thing in this giant field are enemies and blue orbs. And in Xenoblade Chronicles X, where first of all, filling out the map is a requirement and filling out the map is generally fun and interesting because, well, okay, so Xenoblade Chronicles X, you want to fill out the map because that the map data is important. You get more power ups for it, everything like that. You're intrinsically rewarded, not just for finding landmarks and all these things, but even for just exploring every piece of ground you can. But also you run at the speed of a fucking freight train. You run at the speed of a bullet train, actually. Fucking not a freight train. You run at a fucking bullet train speed. I remember once, Miles, you you extracted me as as you run 30 meters a step. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's insane. You are fucking charging, dude. You are, you are going so fast. Sonic be like, damn, bitch. This game look good. Like, (laughs) I guess Sonic is speaking Ebonics these days because of Gangster's Paradise. Um, (laughs) But like. Oh my god, you go so fucking fast, and you fucking moon jump, like, you leap, and you're, you're like, your character's, like, arms are flailing, like, they fucking jump so far, it's so good, and it's justified because you're on an alien planet, oh, and you can fall from any height and not take damage, like, it's, like, it's just great, and all all of those things are mechanically justified, you're on a different planet with different gravity, 
Um, you know, the, the characters themselves are, are mimeosomes. They're not humans. Their bodies are, are robotic and their consciousness. Does gravity affect speed? Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe that's why they run so fast. But I assume they run so fast because they're mimeosomes and, and they're kind of like, they, they don't get tired. They don't need to eat. Uh um, okay. Because the thing, so their their bodies are in the life pod, and they're being they're on they're in stasis, and okay. they're they're the robots they're consciously piloting the robots from the life pod, but the life pod can't be found. They don't know where it is, and if you can't recover the life pod in a certain amount of time, everyone's gonna die. But since it's a JRPG, that amount of time never comes. Um, I, but I didn't finish the game. I need to finish it because here's the thing: the story's it's garbage. It's fucking long, right? Well, yeah, it's like it's like. The story sucks, and if you golden path that game, it's the worst way to play it. I mean, it is like a lot of games we talk about. It's like Breath of the Wild. It's like Majora's Mask. It's like, um, I don't know. What's another game that, where it's just like, if you only do the story content, this game is, sucks. That's like a really hard, that's a really hard question. Well, there, there are games like that. Because cause here's the deal. Like, because I, 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 I would go as I would go to, as far to say, like, like, if you did do a golden, technically like a golden path run of, of a breath of the wild i think you'd still have a pretty all right time yeah, you wouldn't you have would the miss best time most of the game yeah you'd yeah you'd miss most of the game because like the first thing i expected i'm like because there's a difference between because like the witcher 3 you can golden path and again it's like very similar you're not gonna have like a you're not gonna have like the best time you could have but you're not gonna have a bad time because the main story's great well actually it's funny because i i have a lot of people who say yeah the main story is not why you play it it's for the side quests because the side quests have better writing than the main story which is the exact same case in, in X. yeah because yeah because you're able to do you're able to just do shit with side quests that you really can't do for like a main story you're able to tell yeah. more intimate stuff so you just have more freedom and cd project capitalized on that that's why cyberpunk is going to be fucking sick yeah and and it's it, it's it's one of these weird things with x where like all the best story because the side quests are funny sometimes they're horror sometimes they're like you you follow a character around and you just follow their like daily life and their routine. Um, I I did describe it as JoJo's bizarre adventure in space in Los Angeles, and 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 that's kind of true. Where it's like all the you have all, all these characters with like these different relationships to each other, and you are like exploring it as like an outsider. Um, and just there's all these NPCs that keep showing up, and you have different quests with them. It is very standard, but but what's interesting about it is that they weave the tapestry of the actual story, which is the story of the new civilization, the last civilization on Earth, and it's mm -hmm. a civilization made up of humans. But as time goes on, other aliens join your your city, so you're running around the city, and there's racial tension between like the the Manon. And the and the humans and like the Gorn or whatever they're called, like you have you have all these different like you know characters who like some of them like some of them they don't know what religion is, so a woman takes it on herself to become a cult leader, and and like and and so and and one of them is like men on aren't aware of fashion, but I met this woman who's a fashion designer, and I want to design a line of fashionable underwear for Manon. So you you have to go around and ask Manon their measurements. <laughs> Which they would, I guess they know, even though they're aliens, but then she puts it on. She's like, oh my God, this is what a bra is. It sucks. I hate it. And it, <laughs> and it's so funny and it's so like clever and, and weird. And, and, and the combat is fucking great because like the thing I'm noticing about Xenoblade is, and I think I should try playing as Dunban. I might enjoy playing as Dunban more than Shulk, but the problem is without the Monado, I can't do a lot of the things that, that I That was my, see, see, I played 16 hours of Xenoblade Chronicles on Wii and that was my main issue major issue with it was I feel like uh, in order to do the lay big damage in that game you need to stun your enemies how do you stun them you topple them how do you topple them 
You, you fucking break him. You break him with Shulk, but he can't topple anyone. Ryan's, yeah. Reinhardt's got... Or, uh, what the fuck's his name? Ryan? Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan's got to fucking topple him. I can't trust the CPU to do that shit. Yeah, it's not like Persona 3, where the AI mostly does what you want. In my experience, the AI never does what I want. And whenever they do, I'm shocked. And I'm like, well, I have to react to the fact that the AI did this thing I couldn't have expected it to do. And that's in the in the difference too between like in the big fucking difference between like Persona Three and uh, Xenoblade is that Xenoblade's fucking in real time. Yeah, you know where like with P Three because I remember I, I played about thirty hours of P Three and I liked what I played, but I just remember being like, okay, I get to make a decision that will affect the rest of the turn. What can I? What, what am I? I gotta predict what fucking Yukari and Junpei and the dog are gonna fucking do. So then once I know that, okay, cool, then I'm going to pick a move that's going to be most effective in that situation. I have time to think about it and plan. You don't have time to think about it. And also, when you break an enemy, you got three seconds. It's like three or five seconds. When you level up your arts, the, the break length goes lasts longer, which gives the AI okay. more time to not do what I want them do to it. do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and the thing is, so Dunban has break and, uh, and topple arts on him. And I'm mm -hmm. like, if I play as Dunban, I can just do everything strategically that I'd want. He also has a daze art. So I could literally use a break art, a topple art, and a daze art one after another. And so Dunban is kind of, the, in my, from my limited understanding <laughs> of the meta. He's kind of busted. Yeah, well, he, he's the character who can do all the strategies I'm using right now. People have told me the most busted character, though, is Melia. Because, but Melia is, is a grower. Like, Melia um, has, like, all these arts. Like, you can push high-level enemies off a cliff, and they'll just zone out and die, and you just get a ton of EXP from them. Like, so so it's it's Melia, people are telling me to play her at some point. Um, but right now, she doesn't have the 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 gems that I need to capitalize on, on these busted tech. So I might try playing as Dunban and see if I enjoy it. But either way, I'm not enjoying the minute-to-minute -minute because Shulk is so slow. That man, and, and again, like, like I'm, at, I'm at a designated speed, and I think this does say a lot, all right? In Breath of the Wild, right, you can walk. You're probably never going to walk, but you're probably jogging a lot of the game, right? Yeah. Sometimes you might see something in the distance. You're in a field, you're in a pasture where nothing interesting is happening. What are you going to do? You're going to fucking sprint. Maybe you're going to, you know, I see a horse, I'm going to hop on a horse. Different speeds. Even be, just being able to control your speed makes in moments. In which you come. Of, yeah. Well, it's moments of downtime that are, they're interesting. Because at the very least, if I want to speed it up, I know, okay, at the very least, I'm making the most of this downtime. I'm cutting it down as much as I possibly can. Or like, you know, it's like in, in the Phantom Pain, like, why is there a fucking sprint? Oh, well, because the map is giant. And if I don't have a fucking car, at the very least, I'm not moving at the slowest possible speed I could across this map. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, there there are like, you, you always want to be able to control and oscillate your speed because that's just fun. And and it and it it keeps your mind sharp, or at the very least, it keeps it from dulling and turning. Yeah, mush. right. Like like to use Breath of the Wild for example. Like obviously, like you have the sprint meter, and obviously you want to manage that shit. You don't want to just run it dry because then you got to wait that whole time. So it's like, oh, let's get it about you know almost done, and then let it go up for like two seconds, and then you use it again, and then like you do that, and it's like a rhythm, and it's like super minor, but it gets you more engaged. Yeah, and, and like and, and you're not gonna be sprinting the whole time. That game doesn't have a minimap problem, because when you turn off the minimap, like if you're watching the sprint gauge, you're not gonna be sprinting the whole time. You are gonna be walking yeah. around and panning the camera and looking for things to do. Uh Death Stranding is very similar as in terms of like your eyes are always scanning the terrain for things you're gonna trip over and things you have to avoid. You know, and even Xenoblade X where there is not that danger, at the very least, like when you're running, you're running so fucking fast. And you're and you're looking for things to do. 
And like Xenoblade is the same, but I say, oh my god, if I go exploring, I'm gonna have to move so slowly to this other area, and if there's nothing here, I'm gonna have to slowly move back. Yeah. And he goes so slow compared to what I had in X. And like, and there's so much downtime in the combat compared to X, where in X, your melee weapon and your gun are on two separate cooldowns. So when your gun's done firing, you switch to the melee weapon, you slash with the melee weapon, you switch back to the gun, and, and the cooldown for it is different. So that's how you optimize your, your movement. And they call out soul voices, so when, enemy, or so when characters say lines, it'll give buffs to certain move types. If someone's like, knock them flat, like, that'll be like, okay, when I use a topple art, it's going to do extra damage. So this is now my time to use the topple art. Whereas in Xenoblade, I'm just like, all right, the art's refilled, mash it, use it. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it's like, it's not a bad game. I'm, I'm, uh, and I just want to emphasize, it's not a bad game, but it is like Jet Set Radio where I'm like, oh my God, I know, I know what I had before. <laughs> I know, I know what I will get. Yeah, I know what I will you know. get and I want it now. I want it today. I, and I, and I, I don't blame anyone who like, I talk about Ocarina of Time all the time. Like, I genuinely think that might be what people feel about that game. And I don't blame you if that's, if that's, I get you now. I understand. Yeah. I just, I'm like. Oh, I want to go back and play X so bad. I might do that. Honestly, I might just fucking. Play I uh, so so I was I was because we were talking about this a few a few days ago, and I looked up this what uh how X was on Simu, which I've been interested in, in trying out, and it's playable. You can complete the whole full thing, and I think there is a sixty FPS hack in the works. Oh, nice. I think it, I think it gets you about forty five fifty right now. That's still better than thirty. Yeah, for for sure. I just need to see. It, uh, I think they're still working on some of the. I think there might be some stuff tied to frame rate in that game. I think they're still working on, but I might boot it, boot it up that way because I don't, you don't want to play dusty with Wii U. And it's yeah. in my box and I don't want to dust it off. I don't want to unleash the fucking coronavirus from the Wii U box. Also, I will say this: Xenoblade has a great soundtrack. It is good. It has a very good soundtrack. A very good soundtrack. But I think knowing how insane Hiroyuki Sawano's soundtrack for X is, I'm like, I don't, I don't want this. Where's what? What else is? Uh, what else have they done besides uh, X? Kill a kill. Ah, there we go. I thought I'm like I recognize that name. Yeah, Seven Deadly Sins. They also did Attack on Titan. Like, um, great soundtrack for 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 Attack on Titan. Yeah, no, they're nuts. They're fucking a crazy person, and I love them. Um, and and um, and like their music. I know people find that music annoying, but like, it's so my thing. It is so my thing. <laughs> Like, the, the jungle theme in that game is so fucking good. And it just plays constantly. One by one! It's like... <laughs> oh my god. It has my favorite thing where it's like random lyrics that, that are just noise. You know? <laughs> like in the NLA theme when they just keep repeating, I can't hear you, I can't see you. And it's like, why? Or like, or like the lyrics to Day Job in JoJo Part 2 where it's like, these lyrics have nothing to do with the show. <laughs> yeah, it's just random, like, ad-lib. I'm, I'm, hold on, I'm gonna actually read those lyrics. Um, <laughs> oh, it has a genius page. Oh uh, ta- my god, Taku yes! Iwasaki, by the way. Uh, oh, there is no annotations on this page. Oh, you, that's how you know, that's how you yeah. know. Looking at my watch, it's about that time I got hizzy off the drizzy, and I do it sometimes. The turbos be spinning, I be spitting, they glaring, and my people, I be winning. When I spit, it never tragic, there you have it, I be choke driving, cause I'm on automatic. Moving straight to the music, of course, so shake it shot, shake, 
shake this side to side and back and forth. Something that you didn't even imagine well even back then. I'll watch them back to the background. <laughs> when I step to the mic, it's on. The, the They don't stop the party till the break of dawn. I'm at the helm of this here ship. The captain, look, it told me taking y'all on a trip. Check it out. My music will be in a chokehold. Uh, of course, part two, for those who don't remember, was a, a globetrotting adventure about fighting pillar men using who are, breathing. Who are vampire Aztec gods. I was listening to, uh, I, I rewatched the last scene from Stardust Crusaders today. Yeah. Dude, dude, that ending is so good. <laughs> the fucking Stardust Crusaders is good, dude. That and like it's it, dude, it totally earned earned it for me because yeah. before I, the journey, it's like yeah, it's all right, all right, all right. Next fight, next fight, next fight. Man, it gets a little tiring, but then it all wraps up, and you're like, fuck, that was good. I'm so glad I went on that fucking fifty day quest to go stop Dio uh, from being a dick because <laughs> Dio doesn't have a plan. Yeah, in part D three. <laughs> Dio, Dio had to get a plan in part six. They had literally, to write him a plan. Dio has... Dio is just there. He's just around. He's being a douchebag. That's his crime in part three. Is that he's an asshole. And they gotta fucking kill him. They gotta end this man's career. Bro, they gotta go and cancel Dio. Do we gotta get that started? Cancel Dio. Cancel Dio. They fucking canceled Dio. Oh, shit, dude. What a fucking... What a ride, dude. What a fucking ride. What a ride. What a tragedy. <laughs> There's one more game I did play this week. What'd you play? I played a little game called Hydro Thunder. <laughs> okay. Sure. I, I, I act like, what, you don't know what Hydro Thunder is? Yeah, I don't know what Hydro Thunder is. You fucking normie. What is Hydro Thunder, Sam? Hydro Thunder is a midway arcade game that okay. was one of the launch titles for the Dreamcast on my fucking Dreamcast adventure. And this game puckers my fucking ass cheeks like nothing else, dude. So basically what it is, it's like Wave Race, but you're in a boat, and all the boats are, like, named after, like, racetrack horses, like... One of them's called, uh, oh, fuck. One of them's called Damn the Torpedoes. Like, that's the name of the boat is Damn the Torpedoes, which is a great name. You got Thresher. You got Tidal Wave. Bunch of shit. Bunch of fucking boats. And you race them. It's pretty simple stuff, right? Right. The big difference is that I don't know what the fuck they did, but... There is not, and I played about, I played about three and a half, four hours of this game, and I'm gonna, I want to complete all the fucking courses. Two things about this game. Number one, it's hard as fuck. And number two, I have not had a single race, and I mean, I have not had a single race that wasn't a nail-biting finisher every time. I don't know what the fuck they did. I don't know how they do it. But I have never finished a race where I was like, man, I fucking creamed the other 15 boats. It's if I if I get first place and it's a fucking miracle if I do, it's like. It's like a photo finish shit, so it's hype as fuck. And basically it's a fucking I mean, other than that, it's a very simple game. You just you're, you're on a boat. 
you have to deal with waves, and you've played Wave Race, right? Yeah. Wave Race, again, very simple in terms of, like, actual controls you have available to you, but very complicated. Because the waves are fucking fickle. Yeah, because it's, it's on the fucking water, and the waves are actually crashing. Yeah, and, and Hydro Thunder is the exact same thing. The waves are going nuts. So you have to learn how to basically... What's the best way to maneuver the boat? And like, unlike other racers, you actually want to take as wide of turns as possible. Because that's how you keep your top speed. And also, uh, there are no Mario Kart style items, but there are these little boost icons. You can go over and get, and there's blue ones, which are, give you a four seconds worth of boost. And then there's a red ones, which are a bit harder to get, but they're nine seconds worth of boost. And my God, you can't miss a single fucking one of these in a race. You, you can miss like a couple, but like, there are some times where it's like, oh, I missed that. Oh, fuck. We got to start over. We, the, the, we're, it's done. It's done. I don't have enough boost to finish this fucking race because you, oh, you have to be boosting basically the entire fucking race, dude. But what you can do is you can do this thing called the hydro jump where you break and then like thrust your fucking car, uh, but excuse me, your boat up in the air. And some, uh, boats are designed to be controlled in the fucking air. So you'll jump it up in the air and it'll be really fast. And if you boost in the air, you can let go of your boost and it'll, and you'll keep your top speed in the air. So part of the game is like trying to get all these boost tokens. Part of it's exploration, trying to find fucking shortcuts, because I'm convinced you just can't win some races without doing the shortcuts. And the other part of it is just trying to control your boat on really fickle water. And it's just fun. It's just a good time. And I'm shit out of luck, too, because this game's Hydro Thunder. Nobody's fucking played it. So I'm ba I, like, there, there ain't, I was like. Looking up, I was like trying to figure out guides and stuff. I was like, Hydro Thunder, how do I win a race? Like, how the fuck do I actually play this game? And there's like very little info. So I've basically been on my fucking own trying to learn and complete this fucking game. And it's been a ride, dude. It's been a fucking ride. We should play Hydro Thunder sometime. Well, all I need now is my keyboard, mouse, and monitor. And I'm, I'm going to order them this weekend. And then I can so, build yeah, that so, PC, so, baby. Yeah, so let's, let's break this down. So... I thought you already put in the order to get the car, uh, to get the remaining parts back. Because as we all remember, as we all remember, your graphics card, your dr hard drive. It was my like, graphics was, card and my HDD, yeah. And your HDD. Those got sent back to the warehouse. Yes, multiple times. And multiple times they got sent back. Yeah. For two straight For months. Okay. Now, let me say this. Now... Is your graphics card on the way? No, it's here. I told you. Okay, okay. Everything I have, is I have here. everything, yeah. I just need the monitor, keyboard, and mouse. Oh, oh, you're, oh, you're just waiting on the peripherals. Yeah, and my friend sent me links to some good ones today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shop for them and order them. Are you, honestly, for like a keyboard and mouse, you can get fucking whatever you want. I use the fucking $20 USB Logitech keyboard and mouse combo that i bought from like my college's student store for 20 bucks yeah for, like, but I, I got some recommendations for for keyboards um for, okay like, games and i'm and i'm i'm gonna take that kind of seriously i do want to know the monitor situation because i'm also considering buying a new monitor like very soon yeah so i i actually don't i haven't done any research on that yet so i'm gonna i'm gonna take a look uh so i can't help you with that right now oh no oh i oh i didn't expect you to, to you to help me with that i just wanted to know if you had any particular things you were looking for in mind like color accuracy higher refresh rate definitely i all i care about is a refresh rate um color i don't care about 2k or 4k so 1080p is fine with me 
Okay, like a 1080p 144 hertz. You're probably actually going to be able to get something pretty cheap then. Probably yeah. for like 200 bucks. Yeah, I have no interest oh. in 2K, to be honest. I like, I have a 4K TV, but here's the thing. I have a 4K TV at home, and it's nice. Yeah. But there is, there is like diminishing returns on how nice it can look. Well, yeah, so like the, the big issue like from like, because I mean, you're going to be using your, your PC like a, as like your computer first and foremost. Obviously, you're probably mostly going to be playing games on it. Yeah. As as per the, the, the graphics card. But you you're going to be sitting at a monitor and when you're less than a i believe a foot and a half away like most people are when they're from like if you're less than a foot and a half away 4k does nothing for you let yeah. alone 2k and then when you're a bit further it's like again 4k is best for tvs when you're a good distance away sitting on a couch or in a love seat or, or like a recliner something like that and a monitor 4k is not super worth it especially if, it, if you're going going gunning for gaming and you're better off getting a higher refresh rate monitor. Yeah. But I do want a 2K monitor because... Because you're a fucking nerd. Well, I A, because I am a nerd. And B, because I have this fucking rig that can do way more than it's doing right now. Sure. So I want to I wanna take advantage of that. My concern is just frame rate. It's all I care about. Yeah, see, I, like, that's my number one priority. Like, I'm not going to do any less than a 144 hertz monitor. Yeah. I wouldn't even mind having an uncapped monitor that can go up to 200. That would be kind of sick. Mm. If I think if I am going to spend if I am going to spend more, it is going to be either on a second monitor or on uh, uh, an uncapped monitor that goes up to like 244 or some shit. Yeah, honestly, what, what I would what I would per- probably recommend recommend you do is because what I actually bought in college, I bought this Acer monitor, which is the one I'm using to talk to you on now. And. I bought it for like 130 bucks from Best Buy, and that was like two years ago. It's a 1080p 60 monitor, pretty decent color. It's just super, it was just so cheap. So I, like, I'd recommend you getting one of those, because let me tell you, my computer using experience was significantly more nice with a second monitor. Gotcha. So I'll probably, I'll probably spring for two monitors then. The money that I save on like a 2K whatever bullshit Monitor. Yeah, get yourself like a get yourself a genuinely nice monitor and have that be your primary one, and then get yourself some like this Acer, which I'm gonna which will become my secondary monitor, and then my secondary monitor right now is just my TV yeah. that I've had since 2000. Oh God, to what 2014, 2013? And it's got fucking composite cables in the back of it. I've had this TV since uh, since I went to college, so 2014 as well. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a does your your TV have a composite uh, input? I don't think it does. Yeah, but that's how old my mine is. It's a fucking uh, West Westinghouse or West House or whatever it's called. Um, pretty fucking, pretty fucking wild. I'm already. I'm trying to think about DIY shit because I'm like, if I if I can get rid of this, like, because I have a dresser. If I can either get rid yeah. of this dresser and start putting all of my clothing it, it, in my bed, because I have I have under the bed storage. If I do that, yeah. get rid of this dresser, I can get a bigger desk. I might do that. Yeah, and honestly, like, I was really thinking about this the other day. I have too many fucking clothes. Yeah, no, I, I don't I have, need this much clothes. I don't have. Yeah, I don't like, have clothes. That I, I need. Like you, you, you really need what? You really need like what? Maybe like, and I'm pushing it here, but like ten pairs of socks is like pretty good. Yeah, well, I'm always running out of socks, but socks are stupid and expensive, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I got six, and I mean, I buy nice socks. I really give a shit about my fucking socks. God, what? What is this fucking show devolved to? Uh... <laughs> Should we end it? Should we end it on the sock no, discussion? No, no, it's 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 not. It's we're we're not at one thirty. Are we really not? We're really not. We're wow, at one twenty six. Damn. damn. Okay. Yeah. Um, no. Let's continue talking about socks. I thought I thought the panty thing was the end of it, but no, no, dude. 
even know we get so much lower we could go. We got we start talking about socks, dude. I, all right, I'm actually gonna talk about this because I actually have strong feelings about socks. All right, I actually have strong right. feelings about socks. I, think, I, I, I think, do too. Yeah, I think colored socks and like fancy socks are the dumbest fucking investment you can make. F- thank you, fucking thank you. I do not get the sock meme. All right, actually, I think I do. This is just a theory. I'm just tossing. I'm just throwing the fucking orange at the wall here. Let me know if you think this is sound. I think what people like about fancy socks or like goofy socks is that it's a way to express yourself in a more professional or polite society environment. Sure. Because that, that they're fucking socks. Most yeah. of the time they're covered. No one's really looking at them. My thing is, is, is I don't give a shit about that yeah. because if, if I want to, I want to make a statement when I go outside. That's why I have my fucking floral pattern button hawaiian button ups that i fucking love or like you know if i have a t-shirt with like a graphic on it that's what i really care about every other piece of clothing that was like the most basic shit my mom and dad bought me gamer socks <laughs> oh fuck yeah fuck yeah we're my, posting these on twitter my you need to show me these right now i uh, hold on they're in the laundry uh, they might be dried uh, hold on i'll show you one pair i'll show you one, oh, one so of you've my been actively socks. been wearing the gamer socks yeah because i don't have many socks so here, ladies and gentlemen, are my gamer socks. We have this nice NES patterned gamer sock. Okay. That okay. I wear. Because I have it, and it's available for me to wear as a sock. And I'm like, I'm not going to not wear this sock. I don't have enough socks. Now, let me ask you something. Do your socks rip often? Yeah, all the time. I have, And it sucks. It fucking sucks, dude. Nothing fills me with more fucking existential eternal fucking pain than opening up my fucking drawer and I have three pairs of socks left and they're all ripped and they're all off horribly fucking ripped. But I don't have a fucking choice because my feet smell like the fucking devil's anus. And I'm like, well, I, got, I can't use the, I can't use the, the, the socks that aren't ripped. I guess I just got to let my fucking feet suffer because of this shit miles i have this awful heinous wart on my left fucking foot it's been there for fucking years and always the rips are fucking there always the rips are there and it's like fucking shit this fucking wart's gotta grind up against the bottom of my fucking soulless shoe because i never switch my fucking shoes out fucking hate it Yeah, I'm gonna go to Marshall's. <laughs> I'm gonna buy some more socks. I need new socks, dude. All my socks are mismatched and ripped, and they suck. I, big, big recommendation. I'm gonna give you a big recommendation to the six pack of Adidas socks. You can get. I don't know if you guys got Coles out out uh, in California. There's not one, one near me, but there's got to be a Coles. Okay. I sometimes get confused about whether or not something's like a, a national chain or just like a like a state chain in Illinois. Um. So I always have to ask. And, but but if you can get but you might be able to find those at Marshalls. That's a pretty. I mean, I think we have a Marshalls around here. Take a look for like Adidas does great socks. They're like my go to. They're they're a little yeah, expensive. About twenty. It was like twenty. It was like twenty five bucks for like a six pack. But like they're fucking comfy. So when I was when I was a teen, uh, when I was a, a young college student, I worked at an amusement park. I worked at Universal Studios in Orlando, and my job was yep. to escort the mascot characters around so people didn't tackle them, and so that they got in and out of the building safely, and I would take pictures for them, for families and stuff. 
So I, I, I escorted minions around uh, <laughs> uh, professionally. Well, you also esc- you also esc- escorted your waifu, Hello Hello Kitty. Yeah, no, the the Hello Kitty waifu meme is is important to explain. Um, but they they basically made me wear black socks and black shoes, which I haven't kicked since then. But the Hello Kitty meme is important because the girl in the Hello Kitty costume was the nicest person ever, and she was my fucking crush. Um, and and I so I would visit her. And she used to get so excited. And so there's like videos of me with Hello Kitty at Universal. And Hello, she would be like clapping and like stomping her feet and twirling because she was happy to see me. And I would always make her do some stupid pose. So I have a pose of me doing like, and I tricked her once. I tricked her into doing <laughs> you, you, you have this JoJo pose photo, right? Yeah, that we're I going? tricked her into doing it because I was like, hey, do a cute little thing. Like you're, you're covering your mouth, you're giggling. And I like convinced her that that was a, a, to, to do like a cute pose. Like and a I did cute, this. like. <laughs> And I did the JoJo pose. I did the Jonathan Joestar face cover. That's that, my favorite one. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's weird because it's also the Chuny Bu face covering. Yeah, she also does that, right? Well, that's, that's also, well, that, like, that's like the, there's like the Chuny, there's a couple Chuny Bu faces that I'm making. And then you have Dio, which is kind of like, like, it's that, but like, but like the back. Yeah, the where, back where he's turned person. around. Yeah. And he's got a little, like a little cup, little cup, little cup, cup hand. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's, so it's like this. This is the worst podcast segment. This is the like I was just I was just thinking. I'm like this is this is this is a this is an audio show. Remember, like. But yeah, so I, I tricked her into doing the Jonathan Joe Star pose. And the thing is, so her knees were all, already tucked inward because that pose, he's he's his knees are tucked inward. Yeah, um, but they're already she already had her knees tucked in because that's cute, generic like cute pose. So it was like actually perfect. Um, and I fucking just tricked her. I tricked her. There's a video that unfortunately I deleted because my ex took it and I and I just didn't want it on my phone anymore uh, after mm-hmm. my breakup. But like of me meeting Hello Kitty and she's so fucking excited to see me and it's so cute. <laughs> so yeah, that was my living. Um, and it's why I have a vendetta against socks because all my fucking socks that I bought for that job are shit now. Fucking garbage. They're all garbage. Now you now you mentioned earlier that like they made you wear black uh, shoes and black socks and that you kind of kind of just stuck with that. Yeah, you're 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 a black sock guy. You're not really a white sock guy. Cause no, I'm, a white I'm not sock a white guy. sock guy. I because uh, I I uh, I have a pair of black socks that are decent, and occasionally I'll whip them out. And but like, I don't know. I just like grew up with white socks. I never th- considered to change it. This is what lo- this is why we need Lovecraft Country. This is why we need shows like Lovecraft Country because you need to be to called change out for- the conversation, dude. Yeah, Adam sorted all of the socks. And he put all the white ones in the good pile yeah, and casted of, the blacks and the it, fancies to the shadow realm. Yeah, he, he sorted the white socks, the knee socks for women, and then the black socks. He put them all in their place. The fucking bottom drawer. Yeah, he put, so he, he sent the black socks to the bottom drawer. Never to be fucking opened. Is my problem with you, with black sock wearing beasts. Now, people who wear black socks, they think they're better than us because they, they don't, uh, they they don't get dirty. Think they they're fucking s- different. Yeah, they're fucking different. They collect sweat. They stink to high heaven. That's my problem with these black socks. That's the delivery of all these racist characters in Lovecraft Country. They always speak like that. It's so funny. They do. They do. It's like such a meme. It's such a fucking meme. Yeah, like like the the racist voice is like is is talk like Yoshikage Kira. Like, <laughs> with, a, with a southern accent, just like savor every word. Like, talk like like Brad Dorf in uh, in in Exorcist Three. Just be like, black sucks, you know. 
I'm I'm always a little nervous around a black sock wearing person because them black sock wearing people they can't control themselves. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> they see a nice knee sock and they oh they they have to have it right then and there. See, they keep the black socks on during sex. <laughs> Fuck, let's end this show, dude. Let's get the fuck out of here. I'm in the fucking emergency eject button on fucking crack house. You won't be a true black sock wearing crackhead. Um, make sure to follow us. Ah, Mika's crack house. Sam, you got anything you want to shout out? I want to shout out. Hydro Thunder, go play that shit. Go play that shit. Get your ass cheeks buckered. Get your fucking balls busted and have a good time also uh, by the way redream great dreamcast emulator if you want to play that okay uh i want to shout out go to the nintendo store go and buy the wii u copy of xenoblade chronicles x because that game didn't sell well enough to get a switch port and and i'm i'm gonna change that with the four of listeners that we have <laughs> those four numbers are gonna make a difference we can st- hey man, I, I think we can still help hold that hope. It took Mario, it took fucking Mario 3D World three fucking years to get here. That's true. That's Mario, right? So yeah. I, I, I think there's still hope. There's still hope for, for X to make it over. Bring X to Switch. Get it here. Let's get the fuck out of here, Sam. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide I got a twinkle in my eye Asian pussy is so tight I just really want a pipe Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties She's only five Anime thighs when she opened up so wide I got a twinkle in my eye Asian pussy is so tight I just really want a pipe Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties She's only five Bitch, I'm about to fuck this cutie, so I whip out my katana And I knock this little bitch out with just one hit like I'm Saitama Why you act like you retarded, like little bitch, I don't want drama I still hit when she says no, don't understand when she don't wanna a Sword fighting with my penis like I'm in a fucking dojo All these bitches want me like my name was fucking Jojo Asian penis is too tiny like it was a no-show Bitch, don't watch your coochie, watch anime with the bros, though with my motherfucking bitch I might pull up, give those thighs a little motherfucking kiss And man, if you talking shit, tell Ryuk you on a list Yeah, your sister is my groupie, she take this anime Dick. Okay, okay, like little bitch, I don't care if that fat ass is too deep. Score a bounty on that pussy, you can call me Spike Lee. Putting out fire, getting ice, bitch, I'm Todoroki. And if you got some shit to say, then you can say it to me. Anime thighs, when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really want a pipe. Oh my gosh, she got the